When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Are we supposed to get married? I'm going to just swipe left. I just want somebody to share my life. It was actually my first day on the app and I almost put a hole through my phone trying to hit the hard button. You can keep waiting for the fairy tale or you can get on board with the new rules of relationships. If you've watched me on NBC's Access Daily, then you know this ain't your mama's love advice. This is Dates and Mates with Damona Hoffman. Hello, lovers. Welcome to another amazing episode of Dates and Mates. Did you know that it is officially cuffing season? You know, the days are shorter and colder. Okay, well, they're like slightly cooler if you live in Southern California like me. And many of us, we're feeling the urge to cozy up and be warm. And we may want to cozy up with a partner. So that's exactly what cuffing season is. It's a reference to being handcuffed or tied to one partner Uh, before your imagination goes wild. It's not the kinky kind. It's just the partnership kind. And it's when people start thinking about relationships. Summer flings are over. Spring flings are way a thing of the past. And in the fall and winter, we want to get cuffed. And I want to help you get cuffed if that's what you want this season. And that's why I have MTV Catfish's co-host and the host of the podcast Relationship, Cammie Crawford, on the show today. She's going to bring you up to speed on all things modern dating, from the apps to catfishing and beyond, so that we can get you cuffed this cuffing season. But first, we're going to bring back a classic Dates and Mates segment, the Romance Rollback. For those who are new to this segment, I take a classic romance, dating, relationship, courtship tradition that you may or may not have heard about, and I'll tell you what it is, how it worked, and what we can apply from the customs of yesteryear to today's dating and relationship scene. This week, we're taking you back to a classic ballroom custom, dance cards. Then later in Dear Demona, I'll answer this question. I think I'm ready to start dating again after losing my husband two years ago. Where should I begin? All right, friends. It's time to go in the Dates and Mates time machine. (laughs) Let's roll it back. I was doing a little research for my book, The Modern Love Myth, and I stumbled across upon a custom that was familiar to me, but led to, of course, a deep dive. (laughs) You know, that's what I do for you. I go spelunking through the treasures of dating and relationship history for you, for your listening pleasure. So I came across this concept of dance cards, which you may have heard like people say, 
I, I can't, my dance card is full. But maybe you never thought about what it really means. So the dance card was something that was provided at large balls with a list of the dances for the evening and a blank space next to each dance. This came into popularity originally in Vienna in like the 1700s, early 1800s. And then it hit the scene in England and the U.S. around 1830. So in the prior period, think like Jane Austen times, social dancing was more formal. Like everybody danced in a big group and moved around in different patterns. This is kind of like, you know, like the middle school dances, right? (laughs) But then this is about when there was a shift in dance styles from longer formal dances like the minuet to shorter dances like the waltz. And so this allowed for many more dances to happen in an evening, and that means you had many more partners to remember. So initially, women started taking it upon themselves to write down the names of their partners in small notebooks or on the backs of their fans. Y'all, I could do a whole lesson on fan work and how a fan can be an extension of your body and flirtation in various cultures. They've used fans for this. But that's not what this is about. This is about dance cards. So they would write down the names of the people that they danced with on the back of their fans so they could remember. And then the ball organizers started getting hip to this and realized, like, we should make this easier for the ladies and all their dances. We're going to give them pre-printed cards. And then... When a guy asked her to dance, when a gentleman asked her to dance, I should say, he would write his name in the space for a particular agreed upon dance. I swear, you needed like a dance secretary back then that was like, "Uh, I'd like to put in an offer for dance number four, the waltz. And then she's like checking the card. But really, the the women did this all themselves. And this helped her remember who she had agreed to dance with. So dance cards were really necessary for ballroom etiquette. But there's a lot that you could actually learn from these dance cards that applies to modern dating. So let me tell you a little bit of the etiquette that they used then, and then I'll tell you how it applies today. First, they said, if a gentleman other than your father or brother escorts you to the ball, you must give him the first dance and go to supper with him. Huge commitment. Like, Remember my just drinks only or (laughs) one hour date rule? Yeah, this wasn't happening back then. And it also makes me think about just our general first date etiquette. Like who should ask who? Who should pay on the first date? And I, I feel like we've set a lot of our etiquette aside. Like these rules were literally written out for everyone that went to the balls and they all had an agreed upon code of conduct. There's no agreed upon code of conduct in online dating or offline dating for that matter, today. So if the rules aren't written, then maybe you should write the rules for yourself or at least articulate and explain the rules that you're playing by to the person that you're meeting. Next rule, you should not dance more than two or three times with the same person. The purpose of balls is to be social and mingle. What this says to me is that, look, I get so many questions of like, should I take my profile down? I don't really know. Can I date multiple people? It's not really my style. Y'all, they were going to these dances and dancing with multiple people. Like you shouldn't dance more than two or three times with the same person. How many dances are they doing? They're dancing all night and they're mingling around and they're meeting all these people and they're putting all their names on the dance card and they're not stressing about it. So I say you should not stress about swiping on multiple people or dancing with multiple people or dating multiple people until it becomes something more serious. 
The next rule was if you accept an invitation to a ball, you should be prepared to dance, not hang around the edges. Okay, now, do I have to break this down for you? If you accept an invitation to Raya (laughs) or the league, or heck, if you create a profile on Bumble or OkCupid, you should be prepared to dance, (laughs) y'all. There's so many people that are on the apps, clearly not you because you're listening to the show, but there are so many people, you've seen them on the apps that are just there because they're like, I'm supposed to be here. Everybody else is here. I don't know. Demona told me I should be here, but what am I doing? Are you dancing? If you're not dancing and you're not like putting in the effort to fill up your dance card and you're not like actually going out and doing the moves and doing your waltz, what are you doing? You're just at the ball, hanging around the edges. I say get in there. Get in there and do some dancing. There's one more rule that I think is really relevant. A gentleman must ask a lady if she would like a refreshment after a dance. If she accepts, she shouldn't keep him too long. This may prevent him from being timely for the next dance he has promised to another. So here's the concept of You're out here promising dances and writing names on dance card. The person you're dating is out here, hopefully, dancing and writing names on dance cards. And if you are sitting there drinking your punch in the corner, but you're like, I'm not going to dance with this guy again. I already hit my two or three dance quota with this person. Or I'm just not, I'm just not interested. Like, I love this punch, but do I love drinking this punch with this dude? I don't know. (laughs) The bottom line is don't waste your match's time. If you're not feeling it, you've got to tell them. And this is what I'm always telling my clients. Rip the Band-Aid off. It is more compassionate. If you are not interested in seeing someone again, it's more compassionate to let them know and just wish them luck. Say, hey, it doesn't feel like a match, but I know you're going to find somebody great. You're awesome. Good luck. Good luck on your journey, as they say on The Bachelor. But don't sit there and just keep drinking the punch because you're like, well, I'm thirsty. Somebody else will buy you punch. It's cool. It's cool. Let them know. Be clear and upfront. Final thoughts. As we are looking at the whole concept of dance cards, why are we not keeping dance cards for your online dates? There was a TikToker named Emily who went viral talking about how revolutionary it was that she kept an Excel spreadsheet for her dates. And everybody was like, oh, I can't believe it. How she has so many dates. She has to keep a spreadsheet. First of all, not the first person to do it. I have been giving my clients a date tracker for over a decade. Also, Amy Webb wrote a fantastic book about this about a decade ago called Data, A Love Story, How I Gamed Online Dating to Meet My Match. So I know that this is a strategy that works, not just for me, not just for my clients, not just for Amy Webb, but it'll work for you because what gets tracked gets measured and what gets measured informs your next decision. So if you're not tracking how you're feeling on dates or what you're doing with your dating profile, I even have my clients track, test this profile pick as your primary, then swap it to this one, test it for a week. What are the results? How many messages are you getting? How many of those are turning into dates? Are they high quality messages or are they just, hey girl, nice photo? Really get granular about what's working and what's not working in your dating life and definitely track. Like I write for the Washington Post Date Lab and I'm always telling people, 
write down the details of your date when you get home because I'm going to interview you in a day or in two days and I promise you everything you thought you were going to remember, you're not going to remember. And the real ones who are listening know what you will remember most, right? The beginning and the end. But a lot of the details in the middle get a little bit fuzzy. So write it down. You don't have to write word for word like a play-by-play everything that happened, but write down how you felt when you came home from the date. What details do you remember? Because if you're dating right and you're taking yourself to the waltz and you're dancing around, the details are going to get a little bit blurry. And that doesn't mean that you weren't really interested in that person. It just means that it takes a lot of at-bats to hit a home run. So I'll leave you with that. Get out your dance cards. Ooh, send me pictures of your dance cards. I want to know how you're tracking your dates. And if you're not tracking your dates yet, I encourage you to track and uh, let me know how that goes. When we come back, Cammie Crawford will be here and she will get us all prepped for cuffing season and tell us how to keep away the catfish. Stick around. Y'all, I know this because I just went through it. My doctor of 20 years left town, left practice, and left me in the lurch. But with ZocDoc, I was able to find another doctor in my network. I just had my physical. I'm fit as a fiddle. And I did it all with ZocDoc. If you haven't heard, ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed. They take your insurance, and they're available when you need them. On ZocDoc, you can find every specialist under the sun, whether you're trying to straighten those teeth, fix an achy back, get that mole checked out, or anything else, ZocDoc has you covered. ZocDoc's mobile app is as easy as ordering a ride to the restaurant or getting delivery to your house. You can search and find and book doctors with just a few taps. Find and review local doctors. You can read patient reviews from real people who made real appointments. And now when you walk into that doctor's office, you are all set with someone to see who's in your network who gets you, like I just did. Go to ZocDoc.com, find the doctor that's right for you, and book an appointment, in person or remotely, on your schedule. Every month, millions of people use ZocDoc, and I'm one of them. It's my go-to whenever I need to find and book a quality doctor. Go to ZocDoc.com slash Demona and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash Demona. ZocDoc dot com slash Demona. Welcome back. Cammie Crawford is here with us today. You may know her as the co-host of the MTV hit TV series, Catfish, or as the host of the fantastic podcast, Relationship. It's an advice podcast that covers all relationship topics, the good, the bad, and the straight up, I can't say the word on my show, you know, crappy. (laughs) Please help me give big smooches to the wonderful Cammie Crawford. Hey, Demona. Hey, girl. Welcome to Dates and Mates. Thank you for having me. This is like part two of our podcast saga together. Yes, we started the saga on your podcast relationship, and now it's like, Okay, she's been out on the road, like finding yes. catfish. <laughs> we got to have her over here to tell our dates and mates listeners what to look out for. I found out something uh, interesting recently that you had a catfish situation before you were even hosting the show. Girl, I swear. I think I'm 
yeah, I'm overqualified for this job. Um, in addition to just being like a sleuth in general, like I'm the friend that if you meet a guy and you're like, I met this guy Friday night, I don't know his name. All I know is that he went to UCLA and he played lacrosse. That's all I need. I will find them. Like I don't need, or he was wearing a yellow shirt. I will find him. Like that's my job. But <laughs> I, um, yeah, I was catfish, but not in the sense that people might think. I was basically lied to for several years by a best friend and roommate of mine who she was living out an entire other life fantasy in her brain than the one that she was actually living in real life. Um, she faked an engagement. She faked a fiance. She like made up all of these things that did not actually exist um, and yeah, we were friends for a really, really long time. And then I abruptly stopped speaking to her because what can you say to someone who can lie so like effortlessly like that? And it was like very well thought out, well-planned lies. Like I'm talking like lying about being in another country and texting me from that country on that time zone being like, oh my God, the jet lag, like it was chaos. So, yeah. And you were living together at one point and yes. still the lies. Oh, yes. my gosh. I oh had my no gosh. idea. I had no idea. So even like on the show, when we deal with these cases where people are like, how could I be so blind? Like, I, but you can be catfished by people that, you know, in real life, like you don't know. Mm -hmm. Even that story I just told you could have been an entire lie. You don't know. How do you know? <laughs> You're catfishing me right now. Exactly. But you make a really good point that this really can happen to anyone. And I have a lot of listeners who, you know, I've been in the online dating trenches for, I'm not even going to tell you how long, Cammie, since you were in <laughs> high school. I No, you were probably in middle school, girl. But I've I've been living with the, the joys and the perils of online dating for a long time. But for mm -hmm. a lot of our listeners, they're like, how much research is too much? What yeah. I think we're gonna have different opinions on this. So what is your take on how much research you should do before you go to a date? Say you met somebody on a dating app and then what? Girl, you're asking the wrong person because to me, the limit does not exist. Like we <laughs> are going full throttle. I am finding out where you went on vacation in 2008, who the girlfriend was. I don't care. I don't care. I need to know. Really? Just but you don't just feel like that takes that doesn't take any of the magic away. I'm a Scorpio. No. <laughs> like, <laughs> that says, girl, know. you just said everything. I knew that too. I knew that, but I forgot for a second. <laughs> Never forget. I need all the details. I need every last detail. And it's funny because like I'm dating now. I'm dating someone consistently now. But even the things that he'll tell me, I'm like, he has no idea that I already know all of this, but now I can just dive even further and find out even more. But that's just, that's just me. I just like to know as much as I can about anything, but in particular, and especially dealing with the situation that I had with this friend that I didn't know was lying to me. Like, I just, I like to know things. I like to know mm. things. I like to know what I'm getting myself into, but I will say like, maybe before the first date, don't look too, too much into things. Um, definitely find out if they are a serial killer of any kind before you go on a date with them. And how do we, how do we do that, Cammie? Google is free. Like <laughs> just Google their name first and last. And this is why anytime that I've ever met a guy out, anytime somebody puts their number in my phone, I always say first and last. Mm -hmm. And I remember I dated a guy 
few years ago who I asked him for first and last name to put in my phone. And he only gave me his first name. And then he was texting me and I texted him back and I was like, listen, I can see that maybe you don't know how to follow directions. (laughs) But (laughs) when I gave you my number, I asked for first and last. And he was like, but like, for what? Like, are you trying to Google me? And I was like, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Because also just like as a woman, like my safety is my top priority. So I need to make sure that you're not crazy. Yeah, I agree with that. And I'm often saying that about dating apps. I think the primary responsibility that dating apps have is that they need to put the safety of women first. And I don't think, you know, as a whole, I don't think the online dating industry has really thought about that enough. And so I hope that's something that's in the next iteration. But in the meantime, you know, we got to take care of ourselves. So I'm curious when you've done the the Google search, (laughs) I'm just imagining (laughs) it like comes up like... (laughs) Mm-hmm. so-and-so serial killer <laughs> like it's yeah. not necessarily going to come up straight up so-and-so serial killer you almost mm-hmm. have to do a secondary level of research don't you sometimes you have to triangulate the situation well my favorite go-to is first last name mugshot and that usually comes up because those are like free sites where they post them okay that's that's genius like you know how they have find my friends i've done that before for my friends but like their mugshots. So if I haven't heard from my friends for a long time, and it has come up before where I hadn't heard from a friend for a long time. It was actually the one who catfished me. Go figure. But I hadn't heard from her in like a week and a half. And I was like, this is so weird. So I Googled first last name mugshot. Sure enough. I'm like, oh, she's in jail. <laughs> Got it. Like now I, I swear, Cami, I have thought of a lot of things. It has yeah. never occurred to me to Google first name, last name, mugshot. Yeah. So that is a hot tip. <laughs> I also think it is important to to cross-reference, right? Because mm-hmm. you might have one piece of information on, on one, let's say, social media, and then another piece of information comes up in a Google search on another page. Mm-hmm. And I, I told the Dates and Mates listeners this a while ago, but I'll repeat again. LinkedIn is going to be your yeah. best friend in cross-referencing because people have a different intent there. Like they're there because they want to get a job, right? So they're not going to lie there. But what do you do? People all the time will say, I talked to this person. I felt like they were legit. But then I saw their Facebook and there's like a picture with a woman or like Mm -hmm. there's a different last name, but it's their picture. Yeah. And they say, should I give them the benefit of the doubt? Cammie? (laughs) <laughs> the benefit of the doubt, I think I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give anyone the benefit of the doubt of something like that. Like if I see you with your profile picture with a woman, best believe we're going to have a conversation about that because I need to know what I'm getting myself into. Like, are you guys swingers? Like, are you in an open relationship? I need to know if that's something that I'm getting myself into. And I feel like most people who are navigating those spaces responsibly will like actively say, listen, like I'm in this relationship, but we're open, like would love to date you. That's something when I first got on a dating app, which I did recently a few months ago, which is how I met the guy that I'm currently dating. It is. I was wondering. I was wondering. (laughs) From Raya. Insane. Insane. Wow. Okay. I need all the details, but okay. There is hope. There is hope. (laughs) on the apps. Um, It was actually my first day on the app. 
and I saw this guy and I almost put a hole through my phone trying to hit the heart button because I was so terrified to even be on an app in the first place. Um, But he was like dream man, just like right there in the palm of my hand. And it was just lovely. But like he did all the right things. We had a phone call when we matched, like went to brunch the next day after we matched and have been seeing each other ever since. But even with swiping through Raya, I would see that there were guys on there who had women in their slideshow pictures. And I found that to be so bizarre. Like, I feel like if you're not in an open relationship or it's not like explicitly looks like your sibling or your, your mom or somebody, they don't need to be in your dating app profile. I say you should be the star of your dating profile. I say no other people, like not even like solo pics of your dog. Like, come on. Why? Like, are they dating your dog? dating your dog? Like (laughs) you can have a pic, like a pic with your dog. Yes. But you got to be in the pic. Like just do the one with your dog and then let that be it. But like my profile is very much me, 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 me. Because if you're yes. dating me, you're only dating me. But right. some of these guys on the app that I would see would have pictures with either other women, photos that I knew that a woman took. Because like one guy had like a girl's leg like wrapped like are over his body, and he used that picture. Nah, nah. And I was like, bro, like you're cute, but like I'm never gonna talk to you because clearly you have no boundaries. But there was also people on there a few times that I've seen that they say openly, like, I'm in an open relationship. I love my wife. She's the best. Here's her page. Like, look her up. Like, we're we're open and we're looking to add another whatever. Great. Fine. Say it. Not for me. But I'm glad that you made that explicitly clear. <laughs> you said also you saw some with baby photos. Like, oh, yeah, with yeah, yeah. children. Yes. yes. Using children to get dates is a weird flex, especially when they're not your children. I know. I had to tell my mother to take my kids off of her dating profile. I was like, it's, no, it's, no, no. And I get, I get the, I get the idea. It's like, you want to show yourself in this kind of light of being like a caretaker, nurturer position. But I think there are other ways to do that. Like even a smiling, like a really beautiful, genuine smiling photo can give off that same vibe. Like it can give mm-hmm. off that energy of like, this person is like a a lovely person. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to include a baby, but I've seen guys post like with their friend's baby and then put in the bio, like not my baby. Not my baby. <laughs> then why is it here? Yeah, then why exactly. is it here? And when we go on our first date, am I expecting your baby to be here? I don't know. <laughs> your friend's baby? Is your friend's yeah. baby going to take me out to lunch? No. Yes, exactly. What, you said also you saw cartoons on yes. profiles? What, yes. What? what are we doing here? People were making their... Well, first of all, some people like... You know, LA is filled with a lot of suspicious characters, but they... You know, people who are like artists, like, you know, they'll put like their artwork Art. as their main photo, which That's like... for your Instagram. Already, no. it, it's exactly. It's already giving me red flags because now I'm feeling like you're obviously your work should be very important to you, but now I'm feeling like that's coming before why we're actually here, which is to date and mate. That's the whole point. We're not here to like commission your artwork. I think it's a combination of that, right? It's a combination of I'm here for multiple purposes, especially I'll be honest on Raya. There's that. It's a lot of like C and B scene, right? 
Um, yes. I mean, unless they want to pay me <laughs> to be their spokesperson, yeah. and then uh, we'll have a different conversation about it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a lot of see and be seen. And then you also have folks that only know how to attract someone with their stuff. Like, mm-hmm. this is my house. Mm-hmm. This is my car. This is my job. This is, you know, and yeah. what I try to get folks to do is to go inward and really say, who am I? And I love that you said your profile, you know, it's just you. It's yeah. It's how do I celebrate all of the things about me that make me unique and that make me the right match for someone, not just another another pretty face on the on the swipe. Yeah. And I also I well, I don't have the app on my phone anymore because I'm at Good that stage you. now with this person. But when I did have my profile up, I didn't even have a written bio because I think they're corny. I don't know what it is. I just not like I like that, you know, Hinge has like the prompts. But for Raya, there's no prompt. So you can put like your interests. So I had like wine, scary movies, dogs, whatever. But I didn't actually write a bio because most of the bios that I saw were so corny. I was like, this is not this is not me. It's not it's barely even me to be on this app right now. So let me just exist. Let me express my personality in the range of photos that I have and whatever else they need to know, like whoever wants to talk to me can talk to me. Now, I'm not saying that that's the best way to go about things because there's definitely, I'm sure, like, but most of the bios that I saw were so bad. Like the guys that were making weird jokes, I just am immediately turned off. Like, I, I think the most that you need in your bio is like maybe what you do. Like mine said, Cammy, 29, TV host. Los Angeles. And then it had the little thing, my interests, but I, I didn't put anything in the written bio because like, what do you need to know? We can talk about it. (laughs) Here's what I would say. I think it can work. Obviously it did work for you, Mm -hmm. but then sometimes you get caught in what I call the texting trap. Then when you're like messaging back and forth and you're trying to figure out who is this person, I don't really know too much about them. And I love that you said that you did a phone call first because I keep Mm -hmm. telling folks, (laughs) I'm like 90% of your dating problems are going to be solved if you do a phone call or a quick video chat before you meet. Because we're sitting here trying to, right? We're trying to figure people out in the DMs and it's just like, you would know so much more if you just heard their voice or like had a real time conversation with them. Yes. And I've had like my sister, she went on a hinge date not too long ago with a guy who she had amazing texting banter with. Like they were just like firing off super quickly. She was like, Oh my God, like this guy, I'm so excited to go on a date goes on the date, total dead. And she was just like, I cannot believe that in my mind, I thought that I was going to meet this super expressive, like big personality similar to me. And then in person, it just wasn't giving that because when you're texting back and forth, you have so much more time to like conjure up whatever it is that you're going to say. And obviously like it is intense meeting anyone in person for the first time in this space, like knowing what it is that you're going in for. But if you just get on the phone, then you can already like knock that out. You can know immediately, like, do we have the same kind of like flow and conversation? The first conversation that I had with the guy that I'm dating now was like a 40 minute conversation while I was like twirling around a home goods, like just <laughs> floating through the aisles on the phone with this man. But like, that's how we knew. And then at the end he was like, so what are you doing tomorrow? Let's go to brunch. And then that was it. And it's like, that's how you know, versus if you're just sitting on the phone and it's, it's silent, like, and it only lasts yeah. two minutes, 
maybe you don't want to, cause it's still your time. Your time is valuable at the end of the day. Totally. So why take that to another location to be disappointed? Exactly. Yeah. You know? So what else is coming up? You have relationship is every Friday. Yeah. Fantastic podcast. Thank you. What, what are you getting into? The rest of the season. Obviously still finding catfish just because, uh, you know, I'm sure I can't wait when this episode comes out and like hear how many of your listeners have dealt with catfishing situations because it's always later on, like people that I've been friends with for forever will be like, did I ever tell you about the time I was catfish? Because so many people have been through it, but still yeah. doing that. And then um, I have two other projects that I'm working on that will be announced very soon that I'm excited about also in the dating space. So it's going to be a very exciting 2023 for me. Be sure to follow Cammie on Instagram at Cammie Crawford, K-A-M-I-E-C-R-A-W-F-O-R-D. And listen to Relationship wherever you listen to Dates and Mates. The links will be in the show notes. In a moment, I will be back to answer this listener question. Do you have any dating tips for a widow? I lost my husband two years ago now, and I think I'm ready to date. Stay with me. You know I'm a helper, and you know I love to help you with your dating and relationship dilemmas. So let's get into the question of the week. Dear Demona. Demona, help me. This is an Instagram message that came in from a listener named Renee. She said, hi, Demona. I'm a young widow. It's been almost two years since my husband passed away. We were married for 13 years. Although I'm on Instagram... I am 100% new to dating apps, and I've been extremely reluctant to join one. However, I'm very restless at this point, not to mention horny, and I've finally decided maybe I should try one or two or three. I think I just need to date and not take it so seriously as I'm looking for a hubby, since I'm sure I am still working through the loss in my own way. Do you have any tips for someone in my situation? Oh, Renee, I'm so sorry to hear that happen to you. But if you heard my interview with Nora Macronini from Terrible Thanks for Asking, hopefully you know that there is hope to find love again and that you get to write the rules of your next chapter of your life and it won't take away from the relationship that you had with your husband who passed but there's still much more to be discovered for you. So I am on board with you getting out there and just not taking it too seriously for right now. And there is no set period of time like, oh, it's been two years. And then if you divide by 10 and then you take the one and you move it over and then, then they were married for 13 years, like I'm not gonna do that kind of math. You know when you feel ready to love again. And you know when you feel ready to, I mean, you told me you're horny, so hmm, you're ready. <laughs> you're ready to be out here. And on the apps, I think is the best place for you to find something that could be casual or could turn into more. So what I would say, though, Renee, is that it sounds like you've never done the apps before. I'll let you know it can get a little overwhelming. For anyone listening, whether you've been through the kind of experience that Renee has or not, start with one app. If you're just dipping your toe into the online dating waters, or let's say you've taken a break. I know a lot of people are like, I got to push pause on this whole online dating thing. That's fine. But when you go back to it, don't go zero to 60. Go zero to like eight. <laughs> because, I mean, you heard in the first segment, 
you're going to be dating a lot. So I want you to just focus on one app at first. And I probably wouldn't, you can put that you're a widow in the description, you know, depending on the app you're on and they ask your relationship status. But I wouldn't get into the whole story of what happened until someone earns that information from you. You've heard me say that on the show many times before. And really just think about who are you right now? Not who were you in the relationship? Not who were you when you were last single before you got married? Who are you right now? What do you want? And what what do you enjoy? What makes you tick? Like right now, it sounds like you're looking for fun and companionship. So I'd really lean heavily on that in the profile. And you'll notice, y'all, you'll notice when you have fun and companionship and you say the words, not looking for anything serious, particularly for a lady, the floodgates will open and you will have a lot of dating options. It's funny because it works differently when a man says, not looking for anything serious, but hey, it's going to work in your favor, Renee. And in the first phase of it, I would not put too much emotional investment in the individual interactions because this is all new for you. What you're doing is practice phase. And so I'm going through this with a lot of my clients in the Dating Accelerator program as well, that there's a difference between I am dating intentionally with purpose to meet my person and I've figured everything out and I have clarity on what I'm looking for. And I am skill building and I'm dating with the intention of up-leveling my dating skills and using it to inform what I'm looking for. So it sounds like you're in the first camp and let that be okay because a lot of your friends are going to try to push you into the other camp. Oh, girl, you got to catch a man. <laughs> you got to lock somebody down. You're not getting any younger. And I tell them, shh, quiet, <laughs> quiet. Renee is doing her thing right now. Renee is just trying to build these skills of even like being seen, being attractive. When you're married for a long time, you kind of can turn some of those, turn the lights off a little bit. We got to go through the house, turn all the lights back on, turn on the disco ball and see what you want to do. See how you want to dance, who you want to dance with. So that is my advice. Start with one. After about four weeks, you can cycle in a second app or you can cycle onto a second app and put the other one aside. But don't get to the point of overwhelm because you've been through enough already. It's not that serious. There's no time pressure. You've already found the most magical thing that any person can find in a husband that you love. And everything else now is literally just icing. You already had the cake. You get to just put icing on the cake. And that sounds very delicious to me. And like, it's going to be a fun time for you. So welcome to the adventure and report back. Let me know how you doing. I hope you enjoyed episode 436 of Dates and Mates. I love making this show for you. And I want to know, what do you love about the show? Take just like, it takes like two minutes. Go into your app and just press review, rate a review and let me know which guests you love, which episodes you love, what segments you love, what you love about the show. Did you like the romance rollback? I love doing the romance rollback. It's been on hold for like a year. Did you love it? Tell me. 
I want to know. Take two minutes, leave us a review wherever you're listening right now. And share the show with a friend. Maybe somebody else needs some catfishing tips or needs to know about their dance card or maybe they've lost someone and want to know how to love again. Go ahead and click share in the app that you're listening to this show on and you can get this episode to a friend who needs healing in their heart. If you have a question for the show, I would love to answer it. You can DM me at Demona Hoffman on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And you can call me anytime, day or night, 424-246-6255. Let me know your feedback. Let me know your questions. The phone lines are open. We will be back next Tuesday with Nicole Lappin of the Money Rehab Podcast to talk about the intersection of finances and dating. I know that's an episode a lot of you are going to want to listen to, so make sure you're subscribed so you get it in your hot little hands Tuesday morning when it drops. And until then, I wish you happy dating.